just give him some praise right here. This, this worship team is, uh, is amazing. Um, I loved, uh, you know, and they just, they, in practice, it's, it's, I know, I just love listening to them, right? And it makes it, it makes it easier to get up here following a good worship service. A little more nerve-wracking, too, because, you know, you're getting get flowing to that, but uh, just makes it a, a little bit easier um, to get up here. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the name Israel, man, I got, like, a crowd up here, down here. This is, this is awesome. Um, and I always wonder why they pointed out to the crowd up top, but I get it, because now I got to look up, down, camera. It's, it's kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, um, the name Israel actually means to wrestle with God. And I've wrestled all week. Um, a few times I've asked, are you sure this is what you want? This is, you know. Um, and so I'm going to try to uh, try to get through this today. And so if you have kids or grandkids, maybe you watch a show called Bubble Guppies. I don't know if anybody watched Bubble Guppies um, as a kid. But there was a teacher called Mr. Grouper. And Mr. Grouper never had a lesson ready. Never. I don't, I don't know how he taught, but he would, he would come in, and they would, like, the kids would see something out, and they would bring it to him. And that's what he taught on that day. I don't know if he was always just lucky or if, you know, I think he taught out a stream of consciousness. What that means, basically, is someone gives you a topic, and you start to talk about it. Um, so, uh, I, be, be ready. That's all I can say is sometimes when I teach, um, my mind goes here, and then I hopefully make it back around. Uh, and sometimes I don't make it back around, and I have to apologize for those. Um, Brother Gerald said it best one time. I gave a message on Sunday night, and he goes, that just didn't come back around, did it? I said, no, it did not. Uh, <laughs> he was right. It didn't come back around. But I'm hoping this all comes together. Because I'm going to say, this is how I... Um, Pastor Greg, Sister Jenna, they, they do, they, they preach a lot about the same. They have like the same setup. They have good notes. Um, they have slides. They are prepared. Um, I'm prepared, but I just don't have slides. Uh, and they say a good teacher, you can teach off their like lesson plan and notes. I must not be a good teacher because I don't think anybody else could read my notes. Because a thought comes in, I start writing stuff down, and as I, I, I'm hoping we'll get around to that. I'm hoping we get there. Um, we're going through some big changes here at the church, though, if you haven't noticed. Um, we have an announcement at the end. I don't want to step on Brother David's toes. So um, we have an announcement at the end. But we're going through some big changes. And um, so I just please pray for the church and each other as we move forward, right? Because um, change can be scary can also be exciting. Um, I was talking about those songs, the goodness of God chasing after you. So my favorite book series, if, you know, to believe it or not, is a kid's book series. Um, I reread it every year. Um, I've read it to my kids. Almost I got through six of the seven books. Uh, then they lost interest. I finished it, though. Um, the Chronicles of Narnia. And when they first get into Narnia, they talk about Aslan. Right? And they hear that name. They don't know who Aslan is yet. But they hear the name. And something within them just, like, I forget how they describe it. But everybody had this, like, warm feeling inside of them. And they're like, he's a lion. And, and one of the characters is like, is he, he's a lion? Is he safe? And they're like, No. But he's good. He may not be safe. But can I tell you, sometimes when we're with Jesus, it may not feel safe to us. But it's good. And his goodness is chasing after. This has nothing to do with my message today. This is what I want to talk about for a little bit. But it's chasing after us. And he's coming for us. All right. And the change we're going through, we don't have to be scared about it. We know it's coming. Now, I was thinking about this, so there's only two things that don't change. You're going to say, two things. That's weird, right? God is one of them, right? God is unchanging. 
And the other one are dad jokes, all right? Dad's sense of humor does not change. So I wanted to share for Father's Day, I wanted to share some dad jokes. Now, I see that Stephen Gore sat in the very top row today because I texted him yesterday. And I said, hey, would you want to get up and read some of your famous dad jokes? And he's like, no, because you have to pick me up off the ground if I do. And I said, all right. So these are all, most of these come from Stephen Gore's Facebook page. Um, so if you, not to call him out in the top row, but um, he actually just traded seats with me. That's where I have been sitting with the kids. Um, so I got a few dad jokes. Because dad jokes never change, right? Uh, my daughter Lucy, we've got her doing How many of you do the hay joke when you see a bale of hay? You go, hey. Anybody else? Come on, raise your hand if you do the joke. Raise, if you've done that joke before, raise your hand. That's it? I don't believe you? All right. So I've got my three-year-old, actually I can't say I, Carrie has got our three-year-old daughter doing that now. Every time we pass the bell, hey, she'll go, hey, and I'll, you know, and she gets me because I fall for it. All right. These are some dad jokes. These are some good ones. How do you uh, deal with the fear of speed bumps? You slowly get over it. Um... Where do cats learn to swim? The kiddie pool. Now this one hit a little too close to home. What do you call a line of rabbits marching backwards? A receding hairline. He probably shouldn't have tagged me in it. Um... He didn't, I'm just kidding. Did you hear about the circus fire? It was intense. I got a bunch of these. We're going to go. You guys are going to go. Good. What did the stamp say to the envelope? This one came from Kelsey. So what did the stamp say to the envelope? Stick with me and we'll go places. Now, I read this one on a website like this one. My daughter yelled at me the other day, Dad, you haven't listened to one word I've said, have you? And I thought, what a strange way to start a, start a conversation with me. Um, <laughs> I'll let it sink in a little bit. There you go. All right, that's all right. Because that's me to T. That's really like all guys. We kind of compartmentalize our stuff. So if I'm doing something, you try and talk to me. I'm probably not listening to you, just to warn you, right? I'm. I'm I could probably hear you talking. Um. So well, I, one time I was sitting in my live in my mom and dad's living room on a blank TV. Nothing was on, and I was just staring at the TV. I've been like five minutes probably. I wonder where A.B. gets it from. And uh, so I'm just sitting there staring. And I hear a voice all of a sudden. And my mom had been talking to me for like five minutes. I didn't hear a word of it. Sorry, Mom. And I turned and looked at her. And I said, were you talking to me? There was no one else in the room. She went on her phone. Unless she was starting to, you know, she was talking. So that's me. Um, I, I kind of like this one, too. See, they're kind of, oh. my friend keeps saying, cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. Okay, there we go. I'll see, make sure that's he. Uh, I used to have a job at the calendar factory, but I was fired because I took a couple days off. Okay, there we go. Okay, I see some of you, you know, don't buy Velcro. It's a total ripoff. How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. Yeah, some of you heard that before, haven't you? <laughs> Our son's groaning already. He's all right. All right, uh, what's an astronaut's favorite part of the computer? Have I got to guess? The space bar. The space bar. That's right. And I heard someone say, nice job. Hey, I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. This one's for my daughter. What's the banana's favorite thing to do at gymnastics? The splits. That's right. Have you ever been to Disney and went to like the Laugh Factory? That, she got on there twice with that joke, so they really like that one. All I'm trying to say is happy Father's Day. If you're a father in here, we appreciate you. All right. I'm not going to bring out the hammer of truth on you today. All right. I've noticed, I've said through a lot of Father's Day. I now have a, I'm 10, this is number 10, right? Yeah. It's my 10th Father's Day. And I've noticed since I've become a father, on Father's Day, I usually got hit over the head a lot. Right? Like, better make a what I felt like. All right? So I promise I'm not going to bring out the, the hammer of truth 
today. Oh, I'm going to talk about the hammer of truth, but I'm not going to beat anybody up with it. But Father, as we do, we truly appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you do from the bottom of, I can't speak for everybody, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you and everything you do. So my message today, I've, I haven't really got on to any of my message yet. Now, uh, I'll introduce myself. I am uh, Aaron Poole. I'm the Family Life Pastor. And for those guests, guests, we do appreciate you being here today. Um, if you are a guest, there is a, like a slip of paper in front of you. And if you'd like to fill that out, there's a gift waiting for you at the end of church. Don't go out there now. But, you know, don't race out there. But there's something for you. If you fill that out, turn that in. They'll give you a little gift. And, uh, but we just appreciate you guys visiting with us today. And so I like to do a little, uh, if you notice with the jokes and, and stuff like that, I like to do a little crowd, I like to get you guys involved, crowd involvement, okay? So I'm going to need you guys to raise your hands here, okay? So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I just want you to raise your hand if you like one of the, or the other, okay? So we kind of see, and you guys will get a good, you know, view up there, see what, everything. Um, so I'm going to give you four milk choices. I want you to raise your hand on your favorite milk choice, okay? So you got skim. 1%, 2%, or whole. So if you like skim milk, if you drink skim milk, all right, there are some people up there in the top. Skim. That's like water. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to judge. I promise. I'm, i got to really watch that with myself because i got the coaching mentality. So skim milk, raise your hand. Skim. All right, how many of you are 1%? One percenters in here. Got some 1%. All right, 2%. How many of you drink two the blue cap? Dark blue, not light blue. All right, how many of you like it where the milk stays in there, the whole milk, the red cap? Got some red cap people in here. How many of you are no milk? All right. Are you guys uh, lactose intolerant or just, okay. I'm sorry. So you won't like my next question either. <laughs> Favorite ice cream? I'm going to give you three choices. You got to choose one. Now, I'll give you four. I'll give you other two, okay. So chocolate, vanilla. Strawberry. I'm gonna give you all the choices first, so you know, like, you know, you don't vote twice. Cause you gotta pick a favorite: chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, other. Chocolate. Chocolate fans in here. Okay, vanilla. Okay, strawberry. All right, other. Okay, all right. Kind of other. Throw out, throw out an other to me, like what? Cookie dough. Okay, that's a good one. I right, cookie dough. All right, favorite season. Now I don't have to list these off, right? You guys know the seasons. I'll list them anyways. Winter, spring, summer, fall. All right, raise your hand if you like winter. All right, is it because Christmas kids? Is that why? Yeah, see. See, when you go to Narnia, when the White Witch was there, it was a uh, always winter but never Christmas. Oh, that would have been awful. Just saying. That's my, I'm sorry. Spring, springtime. Well, things are growing and all the, uh, you must not have allergies. All right, summertime. Summertime, winter. Sorry. Um, fall time. Anybody fall? Fall? All right, man. We're like, it's, we'll say we're divided here. Let's see here. Um, all right, so this is my wife's question. All right, so I asked her some, you know, toilet paper, not brand. Okay, when you put the toilet paper on the roll, okay, our marriage hindered, like it was hinged, that's the word I was looking for, hinged. Oh, she told me the answer. That's how much I wanted to marry her because I want to do what she did. I was like Julia Roberts from Runaway Bride. And you haven't seen that movie, but that's okay because it's like 20 years old. All right? Her favorite eggs were her husband's favorite eggs. Or her, yeah, her soon-to-be husband. She didn't marry. That's why she was a Runaway Bride. Sorry. See, stream of conscious. Stay with me, though. All right. Do you like your toilet paper over? So when you're finished, it's kind of hanging over. Or under? Now, think about it. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you about five, ten seconds to think about that. Over? Because some of you are visual. I can see some of you looking back into your bathroom right now like, how did I put that on there? I'll give you a third option. I don't care. All right, so toilet paper over. Okay, toilet paper under. <laughs> and how many of you don't care? You just, put the, you just want some toilet paper. <laughs> you just have, you have some. <laughs> I'm just glad that we can get some toilet paper now. Towel folding. Did you know you could have an argument about how to fold towels? 
Are you guys still having that same argument? All right, I learned, well, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I learned in the first year of marriage, I didn't know anything. I thought I had joined the military. Now, for those who have served in the military, we appreciate you. Cause, but I've heard the military just breaks you down. Like, you don't even know how to make your own bed. You don't know how to dress. You don't know how to eat. They teach you that, right? So I felt like I was at boot camp for the, I'm going to get in trouble for that one probably. Because I was learning so much about stuff I didn't even think about. Like, which way I want the toilet paper to go. Over, because that's what she voted for. <laughs> Not stupid. All right. That's like one of our first dates. We were, we'd been dating for a little bit, went to a Bible study. And like, they're going to ask you this question, and you're going to say over. Because that's what I said. I said, okay. Uh, but I didn't know I didn't know how to fold towels right. It divided us for a little bit, for like a day. Then I learned how to fold towels right. But here's the thing, there's so much that can divide us, right? And I gave you a few silly ones. But we're talking about some things that do divide us, or that are trying to divide us. And I really wrestled with this, this message Because there's some hot button issues, right? And normally I try to, it just kind of depends on the situation, I guess. Because when I first, our first date, you know, the three things you're not supposed to talk about on a first date. Anybody know? Politics, religion, past relationships. I believe we sat at Applebee's for about two and a half hours. I know maybe it's been a long time since on the first date, but on this first date, I had an uh, emergency call. Anybody ever set up a date on a, an emergency call on a date? You know what I'm talking about? Where someone calls you in case the date's going bad and they need you? Is that no? But I, had, I got that call, and I'm like, ah, we're good. We weren't supposed to talk about politics, religion, or past relationships. We talked about all of it. <laughs> we just jumped head, head first. Right? We're just going to talk, right? We're going to get it out there. But there are some things that can divide us. All right, this one now, it's going to kind of go in order. You'll see, I've got a few things here. Music, which sounds weird, right? But I've seen churches split because they didn't like the music. All right, they go to two services, contemporary and traditional. Because they want to, because... We can't agree on the music. Politics. Look, I'm not going to talk about politics in here or anything like that, but that can divide us, right? Language can divide us. Gender. When you lump all one and all the other and you pit us against each other, now it's fun and games, but in life it's hard. Religion, economic status, how much money you make can divide us. Nationality and race. So my message today is called Unity Out of Division. I'm reading Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. So if you want to turn there. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I'll give you a little bit of time to get there or get on your phones. Now, I am reading now the Holman Christian Standard Bible for this one. The rest of my scripture is in New King James Version. So, I want to share what unity is not. Unity is not herd mentality. So you don't have to leave your brain at the door when you come in, right? A.B. loves chocolate because I heard him say chocolate before I even said what favorite type of ice cream, right? Other people didn't like chocolate. That's okay. That's not the unity I'm talking about, right? And you can have different opinions 
on important stuff, on important topics. It is okay. Unity is not herd mentality where we all have to follow the same. We all have to think alike. But there are a few things that we have to have unity about. There's a few things that we have to know are true. And so Paul writes in Ephesians, he's writing to the church. So unity has been an issue for thousands of years, it sounds like. Paul was probably writing this in 90 AD, somewhere around there. So it's been around a while. This has been an issue. It's not, look, God has never seen something new. He's already been there. He's already seen it. He's not surprised by something. He's never had a thought, like a new thought, like, oh, right? Have you guys ever, I don't know, I, I usually get my new thoughts when I'm gardening. I'm out watering the plants and something new will pop in my head. I'm like, I never thought about that before. God, that's never happened to God. God's already thought it. He's, he's been here. These are issues that's, that's, that's happened. He's He's seen it. But in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6, he says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. Now, here we go. Here's the thing that we have to be unified about. This is where we find unity. Because... Everything around us is trying to divide us. It wants to separate us into groups. And it wants to pit, right? Because a house divided cannot stand. And so Satan wants to divide us. Because once we're divided, we're weaker. And so we, there's some things that we just have to know. That we have to believe in, that we have to agree with. And here they are in verse 4. There is one body, that is the church. Right? Now, and I know denominations are fine because we all, we don't all have to agree on everything. But we have to have unity as a believing body of people. With the one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope at your calling. Okay, we have one hope, and that is in Jesus. One Lord. We have one faith. We have one baptism. Now, we are a Pentecostal church, so we have the second baptism as well. But the baptism referring to here, that's not saying you don't need the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to tell you, you need the Holy Spirit. It just makes it easier. This is the water baptism. This is the sign that you have died and came back up, right? You died to the old man and you have risen the new man. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Now I want you to see some things here about unity. And honestly, we're not, unity is not our natural go-to because if it were, Paul wouldn't have to write about it, right? Because it would just be there. We'd be unified. But it's, our, it's not our natural go-to. It, like I said, it doesn't mean herd mentality. We don't all think the same thing, but we do all have to have some universal truth that we believe in. Now, another thing I want you to, to, to notice here is in verse 3, it says, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit. Now, here's the thing. We didn't create the unity. That's a good thing. We're just to manage. We are stewards of this unity. Now, diligently means we are working hard at it because it is not natural for to be unified. It is easy to pick up offenses, right? Anybody ever been offended before in here? Just get on your social media. Is that... Anybody know? All right. That's, a lot of times when I'm preaching, I'm kind of talking to myself. <laughs> talking to myself I'm, I'm, because I, I tell you what, it's easy to get offended and to hang on to those offenses, right? And you have those offenses, 
It's hard to have unity. All right, but these ideals that keep us together, the things that we can find, because we have to be able to find common ground with our fellow man. And here's the thing, we have to take time to do that. We have to take time to find that common ground. Now here's the thing, Jesus already laid the groundwork for us Christians to have that. Right? We have the one body. We have the one spirit. We have the one hope. We have the one Lord. We have the one faith. We have the one baptism. We have the one God and Father of all. That is something that we can hang on to, that we can unify with those around us. And as I was getting to this, I was thinking of, I think we need two things to have unity. All right, so I talked about the, I think we need, if we go to John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. This is New King James Version. And it said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth are hard to go with together. Right? Now, he was full of grace and truth. To keep unity and to find unity with a broken world that is constantly trying to divide us into separate groups. This is what we need. We need spine or the truth and heart. Grace. We need those together. In kids' class, we've been, we're really trying to teach them the truth, but with the empathy of grace that comes with it, right? And Paul touches on both of those things, all right? I'm going to talk about the hammer of truth. I keep talking about, because you know what? The, a hammer is a great tool if you need to nail something in, Right? If you want to nail something in, a hammer is a great tool. But if you need a little finesse, I, I can't tell how many things I've broken. I don't know, is anybody else with me uh, trying to fix something and it's not working and you maybe take the hammer of truth a little too hard? Is that anybody else? Just, okay. And so, you know, you're like, no, I didn't mean to do that. Because uh, it's not all, we need the hammer of truth, but there has to be something that comes with it. But I believe there are universal truths. That can be found throughout nature and the entire world. Our nature, the order of nature screams that there is a creator who created everything. Right? The Bible talks about how nature tells us there is a creator. That is a universal truth. If you look throughout civilizations throughout history, there, there are creation stories where there is a creator. People then knew that it was created. And nature, the, 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 the entire order that, like the human eye, it was designed to see by a God who cares for us. My sons are, uh, everybody but Lucy takes Taekwondo. Right? And so we're taking Taekwondo, and I'm going to say a word in here that probably, well, let me, I'll share the, the biblical truth first, okay? So, in Galatians, it talks about you reap what you sow. Anybody read that? Right? You reap, you, you sow strife, you're going to reap strife. Sow chaos, you're going to get chaos. Sow peace, you're going to get peace, right? You reap, right? I plant corn, I'm not going to get green beans, especially when the raccoons are around eating them all. Um... Ammonia, I guess, works. I'll get that from your... Okay, so I put some out. Hopefully it works. Um, but my, my, my son, he's a yellow black belt. And he's moving up. And they, I, they, I mean, 
they have this like big ceremony. It's really cool to see and it's exciting. They put you know like this whole like transfer from one belt to the other. It's really neat. And and they start talking about karma. And Carrie's like, oh, is that okay? Here's what I think karma. I think karma is a universal truth. Because in Galatians it says you reap what you sow. Guess what? Eastern uh, Hinduism. Karma, that's what it is. You know why? Because it's a universal truth that's set by God. We just say you reap what you sow. You put in good things, you get, you, you get out bad things. Or excuse me, you put in good things, you get out good things. You put in bad things, you get out bad things. There are universal truths that we need to know, that we need to stand on. Right? Because we have a spine that holds us up. And if you've ever had back issues, you know the problem, right? You can't do anything if your back hurts. If your back isn't set, if your spine is not set, it's hard to do anything. That is a universal truth. You reap what you sow. And so I was thinking of some things here. Racism is wrong. Because we are all created in God's image and God's spirit goes through us. Verse 6 in Ephesians says, he is through all and in all. That's a truth that we can stand on. All right, and the Bible talks about giving preferential treatment to rich or poor. It's wrong. That's a truth that we can, see what we're trying to do is break down the things that can divide us. Because everybody is created with a purpose. Right? When you were in your mother's womb, he was thinking about you. And he created you with a purpose. Every person, every race, every nationality, every creed, every religion, doesn't matter. He was with you. Now, am I saying everything's right? No, I'm not saying that either. But I want to break down the barriers that can divide us. Because we need unity in the church, especially as we go through changes. We need to stay together. Because a house divided cannot, it will fall, cannot stand. I think I said that wrong right there, but you guys got it. Thinking one gender is better than the other is wrong. Also kind of numbered the genders there if you didn't catch that. <laughs> kind of my passive aggressive way, I guess. And I didn't say one was better than the other. Now, we are honoring fathers today for Father's Day. Like I said, happy Father's Day. They're definitely different. But one's not better than the other. Murder is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Lying is wrong. Being jealous of someone else's stuff. Right? These are all truths that we need to stand on, we need to stand up for, that we need to know, because we have to have our spine set in order. Now, I come from a coaching mentality. I've been a coach for a long time, and I'm not very good with the praise thing. Like, if someone makes a layup, I'm not like, hey, nice job, that's a good layup. I may do it sarcastically, because layup's easy. I used to coach junior high girls, and I, we would work on layups like a half hour every practice, like like the easy shot, right? Like no one guarding you, and then they would miss it in the game. And I have a lot, like I, <clears throat> sometimes with that mentality, I bring the hammer of, of truth. But that's not all Paul said to have, right? There are universal truths to have. I remember I was listening to a story from uh, uh, Cody Zeller, who's a professional basketball player, and his dad, they're from Washington, Indiana, and his dad was in the car with him. They were coming back from a tournament. And his dad was just laying into him. It was an AAU tournament. Right? And he was just telling him all the things he did wrong. You could have done this better. You could have done this better. You could have done this better. And it was like a four-hour drive. And he got home. And he looked over at him. His son looked at him. And he goes, did I do anything right? He spent four hours telling him all the things he did wrong. Without sharing one good thing he did right. Right? Because some people do lean towards truth. And truth is not a bad thing. But we have to find the balance. How do we find unity? We have those who have truth. 
But there's something that we have to season our truth with. Let me go, I got some scripture. Isaiah 5.20, I'll read it. You know, if you go there, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those. Right? The Bible warns us that we have some truths that we have to know. That we can find common moral ground on, right? That we can stand together. I shared a few of those. There's some others out there, but I shared a few of those. But we have to know the truth. And what we're trying to do in kids' classes is to teach the truth of the Bible. Because we want the kids to have a spine that is set for when they go out. And we're talking about 2050 Christians. I don't know if we'll be here in 30 years. <laughs> you look out, like if you watch the news, you think the world's going to end tomorrow. You might turn off the news every once in a while, I don't know. It's hard and it's fine, I mean, because now we have 24, it's everywhere, you know, get on your phone, there it is, it's, it's just everywhere. But we're talking to kids who are going to be Christians in 2050, who are going to go out into a world that looks much different than ours, because 30 years ago, doesn't that seem like, like, how many of you in here still, when you talk about like 10 years ago, you think of the 1990s, is there anybody else that... Right, like oh, 10 years ago, like 1990. It's 30 years ago. I, I'm a 90s kid. I'm not a kid anymore. I wasn't 10 years ago. I, but how much different does our world look from 1990 to 2020? And whoever bought 2020, hopefully they can return it. Right, I always thought... 2020 would be the year of vision, right? That'd be like, that's perfect, right? 2020 vision. I've been saying that since 2016, and then we can't even go outside. At least we hold off a year for the cicadas. Those come next year, if you remember those. Oh, where's that going? All right. <laughs> but we're talking to these, I know where I was going. I got there back. We're talking to these kids who are going to be Christians in 30 years. What kind of world are they going to inherit? And do they know the truth? See, here's the thing. The truth doesn't change with society. It shouldn't. It's truth. Now, we have to have something else with truth, though. If you look at the first couple of verses of Ephesians chapter 4, we can't be all spine or truth. We have to have some heart. We have to have some grace seasons our truth. Look, you can get on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or let's see, chat snap. I know Snapchat, I'm just kidding. All right, so you can get all these things and you can share some truth with people. They don't know you. I'm very careful who I allow speak in my life, right? If someone you don't know comes up to you with a message from the Lord, you've you, you may want to just test that spirit before you allow that to go into your life, right? Because, no, but what we do have to have, see, what happens is when we get divided, we begin to look at it as us versus them. However it's divided, men versus women, they, 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 they. Look, if you lump them all together, there's going to be some bad ones in there, right? On either side of everything. Poor versus rich. It's us versus them. If you lump them all together, now here's the problem, because once you lump them all together, they lose their personal identity. I've always said that you won't type something, you would type something on the internet to somebody that you wouldn't say face to face. I don't know if that's true or not anymore. Because these kids have grown up with, I mean, that's all they know. Right? And so when you see them on the internet, you don't, you're not really seeing a person. Right? And so you can throw truth at them all day long and they're not going to care. Because you have to have grace. I love having a grace in the church. I love that. You've got to have grace. Because if you don't have grace to season the truth, nobody's going to listen. If, you, if, they don't, if they don't think you care about them... They don't care what you have to say about them, 
right? Now, Paul put it this way. He said, Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 deals with our heart. He says we have to have humility. We have to have a right estimate of ourselves. That's what Charles Spurgeon said. Humility means you just know who you are. I thought Sister Jenna did a great job last week. It's not about me. It's not about you. Right? We know where we stand with God. I believe there was a song by Josh Turner. This is what was going through my head the whole time when she was preaching. A few things. I had like uh, movie quotes going through my head because that's what I do. But then I also had the Josh. I think it was Josh Turner. Me and God. Is that that song? Is that the country song? Anybody know? Does that sound right? All right. Is that okay? Good. So, right? Like it's me. Like I had a I had an old pastor friend of mine, and he said he was about this tall. Right? He was just a little guy, and he was friends with the entire offensive line of his football team. And so when there would be a fight, this was when he was in high school. Now the one thing he could do was bite like an aluminum can. He could bite out of an aluminum can. That was like his one tough thing. I guess if he ever got in a fight, he'd just get on their ankle and bite him. I don't know. But most people wouldn't fight him. It wasn't him. It was the five, six, five, 250-pound guys with him. They wouldn't fight. Look, we got to know who we are and where we stand and who does these things. Humility. Uh, in verse 2, he talks about gentleness. So I had a co-worker, <laughs> and this guy was kind of sure of himself. And he said something to me. He's like, my wife and I were talking, and she said, you always think you're right, don't you? And his response, I kind of wish I had his confidence. <laughs> He's like, yes, I think I'm always right, because if I didn't think I was right, I wouldn't say it. I thought, that's not very gentle. And here's the thing. We don't always have to be right. We don't always have to argue. We don't always have to win. How do we find unity? We realize that it's not a group thing. That we're made up of individuals. That we're created by God. That we want to be heard. We want people to know us and see us. Because here's the thing. Once you are gentle with somebody, and once you are humble with them, and once they know that you matter, that they matter to you, then they'll listen to you. Then you can share the truth. And we can find unity. We've got to have patience. This word, I know your, your Bible part says long-suffering. That just sounds like a great word, doesn't it? <laughs> Long-suffering. I was thinking of that, like, I, I really like the sound of that word. And so, the story, we, I took uh, my son and his friend to the creek, went to Otis Park, found like 40 golf balls in 30 minutes. Those guys could not hit it straight. I don't know why. We were in the creek, and I found, a, I found like five balls that, if, and a 12-pack cost $50. Look, if you can't play golf, don't spend $50 on golf balls. Just saying. Now, they have some, like, X-out ones, like some refurbished ones, like 20, I guess. They may have been. I may have found some refurbished, refurbished Tyler's Pro V1Xs. That was the brand I found. Because I, I, I was I'm like, oh, where's it getting And I looked it up. They used to be expensive. They were more expensive than I remember. But we went to the creek, and we were walking through, and I had my dog, Thor. He listened so well. You're like, you know, like, this arm's a little bit longer than this arm. This is the one I used to hold him with, and so he just, you know, all the time. And he kind of jerks out there, and so this arm's a little bit longer. And so we're out there, we're walking through. And I, when we started our walk, I had these little tiny rocks in my chute. And they didn't bother me. I'm like, yeah, we're, you know, we're fine, we're fine. Golf balls, our pockets are out here, we're all packed, you know. The boys are diving in every once in a while, they're having fun, and, you know. I'm having an okay time because I got, shouldn't have brought Thor. <laughs> That's what, the whole time, like, no, oh, I want to bring this dog. Um, he likes the water. But on the way back, those little rocks started bothering me. We get out of the water, right? Because here's the thing, when we get tired after the walk, we're coming home, 
Those little rocks are in there. And they're, they're just annoying. It didn't hurt. It hurt a little bit, but, you know, not enough to uh, maybe cry. No, I'm kidding. But when we get tired, our patience runs thin. And then we need this. We need love. 1 Peter 4, 8 and 3, 8 says, love covers a multitude of sins. Now, here's the thing. Jesus loved people. I'm going to come down just right here, though. I'm not going to move out there. This is the first time I came down. I've wanted to the whole time. Like, it is. It's tempting. Jesus loved people. And he met them where they were. Right? He met the lepers in their village. He went that way on purpose. He met the woman at the well. He went to the people. He met them where they were. But he never left them where they were. If we're going to find unity in this church body, well, as a church, and as a church in whole, we've got to know the truth. There's one body. There's one spirit. There's one hope. There's one one God. I forgot the rest of them. I'm sorry. There's one Lord. One baptism, as it were. They were coming back. I knew they would. Peppered with little hearts. We need to go out and find people where they are, but not leave them where they are. We need to see people for people, not groups. Because when we group people, we lose their personal identity. And every single one of them was created by God. For God. For His purpose. The author and finisher of our faith. Go out, find them. I had a hard time with this because I just didn't know if it made sense. But I just want... I just hope it... We know the truth. Because we can either lean one way or the other. We can just beat people over the head with truth. And I'll be honest with you, those people I don't really listen to, <laughs> you know, after a while. Or we can have too much heart. We say, oh, that's okay, that's okay. That's okay. And it's difficult to have those. I like what the, uh, the, the praise team, if you guys come back up. I like what the apostles said. Because Jesus, look, Jesus taught some hard things. And one of these was forgiveness. This is the 70 times 7. And you know what the apostles' reaction was? Help. Help. He said, increase our faith. That's what the Bible says, increase our faith. What they really said was, Please help me. I can't do this. And here's the thing. We can't do this on our own. It sounds hard trying to find grace and truth, trying to find people where they are, going to meet them, having a spine but also having a heart. Make sure we pepper our truth with, with grace and humility and gentleness and love. But I saw a verse in there, Jeremiah 32, 17. It's the only one I didn't put in my notes. We're going to close with this. If you guys could please stand here. This sounds impossible to do. It sounds hard to me. I don't know. Because I'll be honest with you, when I get on and I look at news, I get mad. Right? That's my natural reaction is to get mad. I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm kind of, I've, I've enjoyed being home, but I told Carrie the other day, I said, I'm kind of tired of this. Right? Everything's different. Everything's changed. 
If you look at it, it almost looks impossible. But Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Also, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I think if we had to, if we had to find the right balance between truth and grace on our own, it would never happen. It would never happen. With men, these things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. So as we sing this song, as we, as we go into this song, I just want to kind of focus on unity as a body here as we go through changes. Because we might get tired as we go through things. But that we pray that we have that humility and that gentleness when we deal with people, even people we don't like. That we have that patience that long suffering that keeps going and that love that will cover a multitude of sins also I want us to kind of focus on just unity how do we look you can't change the entire situation but you know what it doesn't have to be big how do you change that in your life how do you become the change for someone around you. Focus on that. Because what we need is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close with this. I, I know I said that earlier, but one of my favorite teachings is the um, armor of God. And it talks about the shield. It's the shield of faith. It's like the size of a door. And they'd lock them together, and there was nothing that could get through. Now, every morning, now this was made out of leather. And every morning when they would wake up, you know what they would put on their shields? Oil. Because if they didn't oil them, the fiery arrows that would come out would burn them. And their defense was gone. How do we find that proper balance between truth and grace? As we oil ourselves every morning with the Holy Spirit before we go out. That He get us ready. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes Jesus turned over tables. I'm not saying you should go turn over tables. And sometimes He doodled in the sand. They're both right. He was Jesus. But we need to be ready in every situation. Not when the situation hits us, but before we go out.
say, if you don't know, we've talked about here, Jesus is pursuing you. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to be, this is what we tell the kids, he wants to be your, your Lord, your Savior, and your friend. But he's pursuing you, and he wants that relationship with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your son who died on the cross for our sins. May he become Lord of our life and our friend who's always with us. Lord, I ask when we go out from here that we just allow your Holy Spirit into our presence all the time, Lord. That we are welcome to that. So when we go out, we got to face people because it's hard. That you're always with us. And you're always there. In Jesus' name, amen. Before Brother David comes up, a few announcements here. Uh, ties and offering. Once again, we are not passing the buckets around. They are on the tables out back. There's some other ways to give as well. And if you, once again, if you are a guest here first time or if you have a need, a prayer, anything, there are some papers in front of you. Please fill those out. Take them to the information desk, which is back there in the foyer. And uh, there will be a gift there waiting waiting for you. And I just wanted to, to pray. Now, I'm not as good as Miss Addie because I don't have it memorized. I'm just going to say a, a prayer of blessing, though, over this offering. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, you, you just meet our needs. You're always there. Never left wanting, Lord. Lord, we want to just give back to you. You ask for a small portion back, Lord, and I ask you to bless that. Bless those who can give, Lord. Bless those who can't right now, Lord. But bless this offering. Let it grow and grow. Just be with us as we go out. Help us to, to, to be the, the salt and light where we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Got a few more here. Happy Father's Day. Mr. Dave, you can come up. Happy Father's Day. There is a gift out for everybody on the tables out there. Please grab one as you go. This is the no contact gifting. So, grab one as you go out. Men's class, Tuesday at 7 p.m. I think that's up there. Women's study on Gideon. Wednesday nights at 7 on Zoom. So, men's class is Tuesday nights on Zoom. And then the youth meet here on Wednesday nights. All right. And that's Mr. David. He's got some exciting news. Give him a round of applause. They've been working really hard. Thank you so much, Pastor Ann, for that word. So I have some exciting news for you guys this morning. Um, the board has met, and we have invited uh, Pastor and his family to come try out before us. And they will be coming on um, July 12th. And they'll be preaching here, and you'll have an opportunity to get to know them and, and then uh, vote for that. So um, if, in case you're wondering, it'll take a two-thirds majority vote of the members in the quorum at that meeting to uh, elect him as our pastor. And uh, some of you guys are Facebook friends with this family. And um, so be real cautious because he hasn't told his congregation yet that he's coming. So, I mean, you can private message him and stuff, but don't blast it out there for the whole world to see. So just be, just be cognizant of that and respectful for, um, you know, that word needs to come from him and not from Facebook. So uh, his name is Timothy um, Skiles. He goes by Pastor TJ, and that's his uh, family. His wife, Tristan, they have a 15-year-old daughter, Zaley, a 13-year-old son, Wyatt, and a 7-year-old son, Novak. And um, he is currently an associate pastor um, at Celebration Church of the Northwest. That's in Bakersfield, California. But he grew up in Missouri and Arkansas. He has roots here in the Midwest and is just really exciting, really excited about getting back into this area of the uh, United States, being closer to family. So the whole Indiana thing is really enticing to him. 
and he has a second job. He's the district youth director for Southern California, so he brings lots of experience um, working with youth and lots of experience um, in organizing you know, large events and that sort of thing. And um, he is also ordered manager for Pentecostal Church of God. So that's just a real brief background. But I know the board is real excited to have him come, and I think you guys are going to fall in love with him. Um, he's a very relational person. Um, he's just a people person and just loves the people. So um, you guys have a happy Father's Day.